Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Michael Clements, the founder of Idiom Brewing Company, and Brett Novak, the owner, operator, founder of Boxcar Burgers. Hello. Hi. Who I'm fairly certain is not happy about being here at all. At least by the look on his face. That that is absolutely not true. I am thrilled to be here today. Uh, one quick disclaimer to get out of the way. Uh, I also work as Idiom's marketing director. Uh, so just as a little side note. Um, so gentlemen, what, what do we want to talk about? And why is Brett here? Um, because he's here to talk about food. What about food? Well, if you don't know, Idiom's opening a kitchen. What would the name of that kitchen be? Um, we are going to call it Expressions at Idiom. Expressions. <laughs> Look at Brett even <laughs> singing now. <laughs> uh, we'll do a, a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, well, not everything. Uh, pizzas, sandwiches, salads, and a few shareables. So what made you decide to want to open and get into the food business at the brewery? Well, um, I have a background in food um, from many moons ago before I ever worked for the government, before I ever opened the brewery. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we were looking for the ability as a brewery to host uh, private events and allow for expanded alcohol um, options. And um, there's a very limited um, ability to do that within Frederick County based upon um, the liquor board rules uh, and throughout the state, really. Um, and one of the ways to get around that was really to add a kitchen um, to have food. And by adding food, we can then add wine and cocktails for our private events. That was the main goal. Um, but as we started to investigate it and started to flesh out the idea, we actually thought you know, a full kitchen would be a great idea would allow us an additional revenue stream and would allow us to service more customers um, in general over what we were able to do before. Uh, do you still plan on having food trucks? Yeah, we do plan to keep food trucks um, and that partnership with trucks um, on Friday nights and Saturdays all day. Um, we'll see how that um, unfolds. It'll be a fluid relationship with the trucks, whether it makes sense for them, makes sense for us, and that kind of thing. But the current plan is to keep food trucks on Fridays and Saturdays. Are you going to ever allow Boxcar to be there? Uh, Boxcar is actually there all the time now. We are there as we speak right now. Uh, so why are you here, Brett? I have been helping a little bit uh, with some of the menu development, some of the kitchen build-out and planning and um, I um I've observed slightly more than a little bit. I've, it's been a little <laughs> bit, yeah. I've I got a little more free time on my hands these days. No, I think you're underplaying your uh, your involvement. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, Brett's been um, pretty integral in getting um, the idea off the ground, where it would start, what we could do with the limited amount of space that we had. Um, Brett and I over the years um, have talked about many times opening up a, a restaurant together. Um, and this opportunity presented itself. And the first person I thought of to include in that 
um, was him. So um, I asked him if he would be interested, and he accepted. Yeah, it's been a super cool project to really start with nothing, you know, from the ground up and come up, you know, with Mike, with the concept and the menu and, you know, what we could do, again, with sort of limited space and uh, some equipment and technical restrictions because the brewery is not a restaurant, doesn't have yeah. a, did not have a full kitchen in it. So it's been uh, it's been kind of cool to see the evolution just from the idea to now where we're doing the actual menu testing and kind of final putting the final touches on stuff and to have food come out that's really uh, I think probably a lot better than both of us originally thought we could do. Uh, oh, absolutely. It didn't. I had multiple times said it, it's kind of just like a food truck um, that's indoors, but I guess in some ways the it it isn't because there's a little bit actually more flexibility on a food truck right with like the types of like when you when you don't have a hood or like your limitations of yeah i guess we should talk about what what's in the kitchen and and go from there and what would be in a normal kitchen or i should say a a traditional kitchen yeah um so most of the food trucks are, are built to have hoods within them which means they can leverage having a grill having a fryer um, and other ovens and things of that nature. Um, with our space, we were trying to m- minimize the impact to the building, one, because it's historic. <clears throat> um, number two, um, we didn't want to put in a hood system at all, uh, which kind of shrunk down it, our it being, abilities. It being historic, would that just make it a lot like harder from an engineering standpoint, and then I would assume equally to a financial standpoint to be able to put a full traditional kitchen in? So from an engineering standpoint, um, from a a facade standpoint for the building itself, and then from a historic preservation perspective, all three of those went into the thought process behind how we were going to manage what we could produce in the kitchen. They didn't have hoods in... uh the 1800s? Uh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> um, so when we started to identify what our limitations were with the kitchen, the amount of space, um, the layout that we could realistically put in place, and then also you know, trying to maintain not making changes to the exterior of the building that would need to get put in front of the Historic Preservation Committee, um, we started to kind of really shrink down the ideas that we could, you know, execute and execute well. As Brett said, we didn't really think we knew we could do food well. We didn't really think we could do it as well as we're doing at this point in time. Um, we all we have all ventless equipment within the kitchen currently, um, so that means that it has a catalyst within it to um, absorb the. Um, grease-laden vapor, the smoke, and any other, you know, um, items that would normally be taken out through a hood system. Um, So we have uh, conveyor ovens that are ventless, similar conveyor ovens to multiple different um, pizza companies throughout, you know, the country, like Ann Pizza, um, even food trucks that have uh, conveyor ovens on them for pizza, like Blue's. And, you know, we kind of were able to build a menu around that equipment and still keep it quality. And I'd also like to 
interject that the when we first were talking about doing ventless and conveyor ovens, I was a little bit skeptical, and uh, we actually went out to uh, Test Kitchen, uh, some of the manufacturers' test kitchens out in Baltimore, and the quality and the technology has come such a long way in the last couple of years. So I think a lot of people, when they hear a conveyor oven, they think, you know, maybe that that's not the highest quality pizza. Yeah. Uh, but the, as soon as we went into the test kitchen and we were tasting the stuff that was coming out of these ovens and what you can do with them now is, is really pretty spectacular compared to, like I said, what it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, to expound on that, um, you know, we've been running pizzas through the ovens for about a month now, really. Um, and uh, we can get a very consistent product that really almost looks exactly like a pizza that went through a, a wood fire or a brick oven um, and has a similar, um, you know, texture, um, you know, cheese melt, all those types of things um, and a very consistent product without having to manage it like you would in a brick oven pizza or a wood fire pizza. Brett, the previous ventless ones, were they less, uh, is it just the technology of how they made, they're made or were there less options for like how the ones you have can tweak the temperatures in so many different ways and places? And Yeah, that's and, really the main difference is you can get higher temperatures now. You can adjust the different air flows. You can adjust the high, the, the temperature coming from the top, the temperature coming from the bottom and, uh, Overall, yeah, it just makes a much, much nicer product. I had uh, some of the pizza today for lunch. I mean, I've gotten to taste them multiple times over the last month or so. They are absolutely phenomenal. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So good. And so the wings that come out of that uh, oven were not only way better than what I would expect to come out of an oven like that, but just in general are super good like that you don't need the caveat about them being good they're just no and i think value good i think we went through that a little bit where we were trying some products and some appetizers and things and they were good with the caveat of this is not from a traditional kitchen and we got into this trap where we're like oh this is what we should have we're going to be a brewery so we should have these kind of you know sort of fried things and we were able to adapt and be like, actually, you know what? We don't need these things. We can do a different menu, different from, you know, necessarily what everyone else has. And we can do it really, really well versus, you know, just trying to fit into the pigeonhole of what we thought people might expect to see on the menu. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Yeah, some examples of that would be, you know, at going to a traditional um, brewery um, where you find a lot of fried food, um, you know, the idea of chicken wings, mozzarella sticks, um, jalapeno poppers, um, you know, things of that nature, where we were like really hone, trying to hone in on that idea. But then we started to take a step back and look at 
the existing menu with the pizzas and the sandwiches and salads, which are really deli and uh, pizza shop focused, like very much pizza shop and deli focused. And we started to take that step back and say, let's you know lean in heavy on the the items that would go alongside that. So like bruschetta as an option, um, garlic cheesy bread as an option, flatbread and hummus and things of that nature. Um, so we were able to kind of, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, fine tune our idea of what we wanted rather than just going with what everyone else expected of us. But you don't have a pretzel? Not currently. <laughs> That's one of those things where, you know, almost everyone does it. Um, you know, and we started to look at that too. You know, what is everyone else doing as far as an option? Do we really want to be just like everyone else? Or do we want to find a way to differentiate who we are from the pack? And that's kind of been what Idiom's been about since we've opened. So we kind of leaned into it, like I said. So when is the kitchen going to start serving food? So um, grand opening hasn't been identified yet, um, but we hope to have um, a soft opening Next week, which would be the week of the 29th, I believe. Two days ago. This will come out on February 1st. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, okay, no, no, this comes out today. It'll be in the newspaper next week on the 1st. So, so yes, next yeah, week. Um, if next you're listening week. now, yeah. next week, if you're reading. We're doing some final testing of um, the menu items, final training of the staff who were um, brought in for this. Um, not only from a, a food cost perspective, but also from a presentation perspective um, and, you know, trying to make it very consistent. Um, and so that those last couple of days are really the hinging point for when that soft opening is. But it is a, it is expected to be the week of the 29th. Go ahead, Brett. You look oh, like yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think we we have more or less got everything dialed in. Now it's just the task of getting the new staff to be able to repeat it the same way that we've been doing in the test kitchen the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of cool. Uh, personally, we have, I think, three guys that came over from the restaurant I just closed in Frederick, Boxcar Frederick. So it's cool to have a crew that we know and have some experience with. And, uh, you know, like I said, personally, it, it feels pretty good that they were willing to come over and uh, work in the new place. Yeah, so yeah. we were able to bring on actually four people, <clears throat> John... Uh, TK, uh, Will, and Everett. Everett, yeah. So um, we were able to bring on those people who were currently looking for jobs um, because of boxcar closing. We were able to leverage that and um, bring those people on. They also have already worked with each other. They had real quick side note. To be clear, the truck and Brunswick are still open. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, boxcar Frederick. When it closed, we were able to um, kind of transplant some of the staff who already have working dynamics together. They have been together before, um, so they have a little bit more interpersonal relationships that will yeah. help build um, the kitchen from the ground up. And it's also – I was pretty impressed with the depth of pizza knowledge and experience that these guys had. So it's cool to be bringing people in, and, and I don't have a real deep pizza background and these guys have thrown, you know, thousands and thousands of pizzas. And so we have a lot of experience and that, you know, they bring knowledge to the table too. We'll, we'll get into a little further later because we'll, we'll 
dive a little deeper into Boxcar and what it is and its history. But previous to Boxcar, had you had other restaurant experience where yeah you, i you started were? i started cooking when i was 14 okay um you know i've worked in when i started i was in you know i worked a couple sort of mid-range french bistro kind of places and i've worked in just about every facet of food service from cooked on a private train i've worked for the pga traveling around the country cooking at the golf tournaments and yeah so really been everywhere in food service before boxcar but the, this was the first like pizza. I mean, you can't really say pizza centric, but pizza heavy. Yes, kitchen. Yeah, I was when I <laughs> when I was uh, fourteen. I worked a uh, a brick oven, but uh, okay. you know, sadly, that was quite a number of years ago now. <laughs> and luckily for me, I was a, a sous before, um, and I was also a pizza oven. Um, you know, guy as well. I did brick oven um, with macaroni grill before when I uh, was young, um, and I've done had some pizza ex- uh, experience in general. So, um, you know, when we started talking about <clears throat> the kitchen, what we could pull off as far as equipment, pizzas kind of just fell into line with what we wanted to offer, and we both had some experience in the and where that came from and where we could go with it. So it just kind of made sense. I've had a lot of experience eating pizza. Same. Especially mm-hmm. in the last month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was concerned that I would end up eating more pizza than I would want to, but thankfully I've been able to control myself. I will be honest. Uh, I, I could probably, before this, I would have never thought that I would get to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm a little sick of pizza. But the other day, <laughs> after, the other day after testing pizza for, you know, six, seven hours, I got home and, I, and uh, my kids were like, can we get pizza? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's a hard pass, kids. It's a hard pass today. Plus <laughs> buying pizza from most of the chains and things of that nature is probably not going to be on the same level um, as what we're currently doing. Um, not to say it's not good, but we, um, we've we definitely started to very much hit home the profiles we're looking for, um, the recipes in general, the wide range of recipes that we're um, putting out as well. Um, including the sides and the salads and the sandwiches. So we're supremely happy with it. I still haven't gotten to try a salad. Have you made any of the salads yet? Yeah, we have Just made a, a couple days ago. We started um, um, actually doing the salads. I mean, the salads are salads. You, yeah. know, you I mean, you do have um, – they come down to quality ingredients. They come down to presentation as well. Um, so, you know, we – uh, take that very seriously, but we're keeping the the salad component very minimized. Um, we only really have two um, salad options, and then a build your own salad that's going to be uh, part of the menu, so you can actually make your own. Um, but we're doing a southwestern uh, salad with uh, chicken as an option, and then also an Italian chop salad. Southwesterns are good. I mean, any salad really is good. Um, <clears throat> And then how how many different pizza options will there be? I think we have seven, seven or eight. Yeah, eight, eight. Yeah, because I did add the cheese back to the menu. Yeah, and then you know obviously a couple people, build your own options yeah a couple build too. your own yeah. options. Okay, and what uh, what are the sandwich offerings? Uh, we have an Italian hoagie, um, a roast beef and cheddar, a chicken and Swiss, um, a Caprese, yeah, Caprese, um, a curried chicken salad. Oh, is that what I tried yesterday? Yeah, that yeah, is. That uh, I think that good. is my favorite. Yeah, the curried chicken salad with cranberries is pretty. That was like astonishing. The perfect amount of curry. 
Yeah. And the sweetness from the cranberries helps to balance yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then we have, um, what else do we have? Oh, uh, California turkey. Italian hoagie. I Classic. said Ita- Italian hoagie was first. Oh. Because that's my favorite. But um, yeah, and, so uh, we have, uh, I believe, six sandwich options currently. Um, four of them are currently slated for cold. Two are currently slated for hot. Although we've kind of been going back and forth on whether we're keeping all the hot food um, as shareables and pizzas and the sandwiches as cold. Um, so we're kind of still playing with that up until the time we soft open. Will the opening of expressions affect the, the way the brewery operates at all in a, in a way like the, the beer, is it, is it going to have any impact on the beer? Um, so a couple of the unknowns, um, currently are, you know, how it will affect, um, our production schedule because um, we'll have more options for alcohol, uh, wine, and cocktails. We won't be um, bringing in outside beer. Um, it'll all still be internal, um, but we will bring in a few wine options and we will be doing uh, mixed cocktail options, I think two or three at a time. Um, there are a couple other nuanced areas that are probably going to um, – ruffle some feathers um and probably have already um but the main one would be the fact that um because we're now um considered a restaurant by both the state and the county we can no longer have um pets indoors um and that's because of your personal dislike of dogs right oh absolutely not can't stand Um, them (laughs) i have four dogs at home um ranging from 18 years to six months old Um, and my six month old dog used to come to work with me every day up until I made this decision. And, um, you know, that decision, um, played into a lot of follow on decisions with, um, with the business, but also it's not something I can control. It's a state and a, um, health department regulation where anything that's not a service animal can't come inside. Um, that doesn't mean we don't love dogs. It doesn't mean that, we won't allow dogs um, at Idiom. We still have 120 seats outside on the patio. And today is magically 70 degrees out of the middle of winter. Beautiful Maryland weather. And uh, we have already have uh, a considerable number of people outside with their dogs today. Um, so um, that is something that we continue, will continue to allow. Um, they just can't come inside um, even for a, a quick trip to go get water or a quick trip to go get the food from the kitchen, that's something they'll have to stay outside. Per the health department. Per the health department. Yeah, that is state law, not company policy. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, people definitely have opinions on that. That's for sure. When uh, – to, to step in, though, there have been <laughs> – sorry – um, to step in, though, there have been a lot of um, animal-centric um, groups that who also understand and have reached out to us and say, you know, we, we completely understand that this is a business decision, this isn't a personal decision, and this is also not something that you're directly, you know, making a decision yeah. about let it, not letting dogs indoors. This is something that's not controlled by us, unfortunately. And, you know, it also needs yeah. to be – we're going to have um – Ordering from your phone so you can sit outside, sit with your dog, order from your phone. You don't need to go inside or anything like that. But uh, 
hopefully you have someone in your group that can run in and actually get the food. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, they, so, we're starting off, to, to speak to that point, we're starting off with table ordering and kiosk ordering. Um, it, and that will mean that pick, pickup is actually at the kitchen. Um, similar to what Old Mother does currently with 50-50. You, you Never order, heard of them. <laughs> What's that? Never heard of them. Who? 50-50? I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, John. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, food will be ordered either via QR or at two uh, kiosk terminals at the kitchen, um, and then the food will be picked up at the same location. Um, Eventually, our hope is that um, as the kitchen grows, we'll start to do running of food to each of the tables, um, including outside. So that way there won't be the need for coming to the kitchen to pick up the food. Um, but as staffing grows and we, you know, kind of stretch outside of what we know and understand now and grow into what the business will look like, we'll make those calls. Yeah. A lot of my role has been Hey, Mike, maybe we should wait before we try everything at once. <laughs> well, it's good to have someone around to pump the brakes for Mike. Yeah, that's that's absolutely my, true. My official title is the voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, as most people know me, I, I'm kind of a gung-ho, don't do things mostly half-assed. Um, and I like to kind of take the bull by the horns and just do it. Um, that said, it's been... It, a breath of fresh air to have somebody who is on the opposite end of that still wants to. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean by that is on the opposite (laughs) end of that, uh, who wants to succeed and wants to do this the right way. No motivation (laughs) or (laughs) who wants to succeed and wants to do this the right way, but also looks at things from a measured approach. Yeah, I, I am I am naturally more cautious, especially, you know, coming off the closure of a restaurant. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's try this a little slower. Um so that'd be a good beer name. Measured try it a little approach. slower. No, measured approach. Well that's not bad. I like it. Um but so it's been uh, like I said a, a a good dynamic and it's a dynamic that Brett and I've had for years really um you know wh- especially when we were talking about originally opening a kitchen and a restaurant a few years ago during covid um you know that kind of dynamic has grown over the last 3 or 4 years and um we really can have in-depth conversations with each other and not feel like one of us isn't listening um, and so that's kind of how this grew and kind of how we have been working together with this idea. And, uh, you know, Brett isn't, um, you know, the idea currently, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea currently isn't something that this isn't, you know, Brett, um, you know, wanting to necessarily, um, stick around and be a part of the business. This is more of an idea for Brett to show that, um, he can do this and maybe take this as a business opportunity for himself too to help others open a kitchen or you know maybe look at how this pizza shop opened up and maybe replicate it in another location perhaps which might come in the future sounds like foreshadowing could be I'm nodding but but yes <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that doesn't translate well no. to audio. <laughs> um, and it's something that him and I have talked about in another location and we're, um, actively talking about it, but, um, you know, this, this idea of the kitchen has, for me, has always been about bringing, uh, 
the income stream um, for food into the brewery rather than sharing, not necessarily sharing it with the food food trucks, yeah, but you're still sharing it. Yeah. There's still going to be yeah. food trucks there on our on. You just the, can't on count on the food busy. trucks. Yeah, yeah. unreliable. So, yeah. <laughs> All of them, especially the burger ones, the worst. Jeez. We we have a great the number re- of times that <laughs> we have a great relationship with the food trucks, and that's why we're keeping Fridays yeah. and Saturdays. Um, you know, I take it very seriously in that aspect. Um, I want to maintain that relationship. I want to maintain which ultimately are probably the days that food trucks really want to be there anyway, right? Yeah, Brett? I mean, there's multiple. There's five different breweries now um, within a two block radius. Um, including the barrel house, um, which is open some Saturdays. Um, but you know, we have five different breweries and usually, um, four food trucks on the Creek at any given time. Um, plus now what will be the kitchen within idiom, you know, four food trucks and adding another kitchen option doesn't really change the dynamic. It's still a lot of foot traffic. It's still a lot of people just walking by the trucks and then saying, Hey, I want a burger or Hey, I want falafel or Hey, I want barbecue. Um, it's just another option for people. So I feel like it's a good thing because it adds that same dynamic of, you know, when you have something good, you add something good next to it. Right. So, um, it's the motto of a restaurant. What, what do you do when there's a successful restaurant? You open another one right next to it. Um, you have that that kind of hub. Is that accurate, Brett? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you Just know, making sure. Uh, you know, a perfect <laughs> example of that is our our location in Brunswick, uh, where we have uh, the Wispunk Food Trunk is opening a restaurant a couple doors down from us, and people are like, "Oh, you know, are you worried about another sandwich shop?" And I was like, "No, I think it's great." And there's uh, Maple and Rye is opening a bakery across the street from that, and I would love some more food businesses to come downtown because. Right now, nobody's ever like, hey, let's go down to downtown Brunswick and, you know, we'll just find something to eat because there's nothing there other than, you know, maybe one or two choices. Yeah, ultimately, anything opening its doors in Brunswick is a net positive for you. Yeah, and I think it's the same with the the sort of, uh, you know, for I don't know if it has a real name, but the brewery district where, hey, there's – Square now. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, let's let's go down there. I know there's going to be three or four food trucks. I know Idiom's got a kitchen. We'll just go down there and we'll see, uh, you know, see what looks good. Yeah. And so I do think that ultimately it is good for the for the the trucks. We even have our next door neighbor on the opposite end, uh, Union Mills, who um, is, you know, continuing to move towards opening some aspects of food for service, um, you know, multiple times a week or even every day. Um, I don't personally, personally see that as a, a conflict. I personally think that's good. It's just more options. It, for it makes the area a real, a real destination. Yeah, that's true. And also, you know, I, I totally, uh, understand from the brewery's point of view, food trucks are, you know, myself included there, it's not a restaurant, you know, the weather is bad. There's mechanical issues. There's all sorts of issues. And if you have a business that sells beer, you want to have food there. And so I, I certainly understand Mike's point of view where it's like, hey, if we have food internally, we don't have to worry about whether the food truck's yeah. going to show up or run out of food or whatever well, I mean, else might a, happen. A lot of people base which brewery they're going to go on uh, on the food of – I mean my friends that I met up with for lunch today chose Idiom because they wanted to get Boxcar for Excellent. lunch. And then Mike messed it all up for you by making pizza for everyone. I had to get some people to try it today. <laughs> Mike's way. 
<laughs> um, yeah. So Which I mean, they all just texted me about how good it was and thanking yeah. me. <laughs> you know, it, it, like I said, it's more about building the community for me. Um, you know, one of the things I think that could be a little bit more of a gel situation is the interaction between the breweries, the interaction between the restaurants and the businesses on the Creek. And I think there is some room for growth. Um, and I think doing this, um, alongside our, you know, our neighbors union mills and the other food trucks are on the Creek as well as the breweries, you know, some of them who may open, um, restaurants of their own in the future who may not, you know, it's an opportunity for us to build a destination as Brett said, and, you know, kind of build that hub where other businesses want to come there. You know, it could be a bakery, it could be a cookie shop, it could be an ice cream shop. And it's just another way to get people there. Um, and that's super important as a brewery, as a business owner in general. Is there anything coming up about Idiom that you want to talk about before we get a little bit of the history and story of Boxcar? Um, I mean, we have multiple collaborations in the pipeline. Um, we have... Uh, a collaboration with Hooch and Banner um, next month um, that's coming out with a beer dinner associated with it. We actually have a beer dinner with um, Union Mills and Roast House Pub next week, um, the week of the 29th. Um, and tickets are still available, I believe, um, although they're very limited. Um, yeah, last time I talked, they were, they were selling very well. Yeah, I think he has over 90 tickets sold for the space, and that's getting up there with um, regards to how much they can hold. Yeah. Um, and that's a much larger group. So um, if you want them, get there quick. Yeah. If That is also the probably the largest um, beer dinner they've done so far, um, especially now that it's, they're doing them at Union Mills from time to time. Um, 90 tickets is pretty, pretty uh, big for that kind of thing. Um, um, but other than that um, – I don't really have anything unless you are trying to hint at something. Um, there aren't like maybe, and there's not maybe an event in April or an event in May that you want to just give a sneak. Oh, I mean, well, there's about. there's uh, events all over the place. We have a um, you know May the fourth um, event. Um, we have um, really yeah for Star Wars Day. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what are you gonna do for that? I don't know. Let me defer to my marketing director. <laughs> there, will, there will, I mean, there's a lot of things up in the air, but one thing for sure that'll be awesome is that creepy Jason from finalist on two episodes of ink masters will be doing scratch tattoos. In oh, the that's tap right. Room. I forgot about that. Yeah. What's a scratch tattoo? It's a scratch sheet. So there's just a sheet of, um, like tattoos to choose from so that like they're designed to be able to do more quickly and it'll be a cheaper price than if you went to his studio. And to, of course, may the fourth inspired well, and yeah, maybe even idiom inspired, maybe even idiom characters. Can I get an idiom tattoo? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Chris is getting one. He's got space on his arm, right? There's a little bit left. Didn't you just get a bunch of them? Only a couple. Like, Who's banging on the door? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Thankfully, I don't think the mics are picking it up. Oh, I heard um, it. And then uh, there's also a 420 event. That's true. A 420 event. We have some um, Valentine's Valentine's Day Galentine's type um, oh, yeah, things going on. A charcuterie, charcuterie board, board. Um, event that's being done. 
um, you know, St. Patty's Day event. Um, you know, we are constantly doing events all the time. Um, we have live music on uh, Thursdays and Sundays. You have some really good people thinking those things up. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, Joey's great. Joey's great. Yeah. Joey's awesome. Shout out to Joey, Kyle, our general <laughs> manager. Um, anyway, um, you know, we have a lot of events scheduled for the rest of this year. Um, a lot of them already in planning. Um, a lot of them slated, but still um, trying to figure out what we're going to do exactly. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, we have um, a lot on the agenda, a lot of collaborations in the works, one with RAR, um, still working on getting one uh, in line with Imprint. Um, and then uh, I think we have one coming up with Oozle Finch um, in Virginia. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of cool things coming down the pike. All right, Brett. Yes, what, sir. Is, what is Boxcar? Well, for those that do not know, we serve burgers and fries. All of our beef comes from Frederick County Farms. We buy directly from the farmers. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, we are a small-town American independent restaurant, which is sort of a dying breed. Uh, we've had the food truck for going on seven years now, and uh, our location in Brunswick as well. What, what came first, the Brunswick location or the food truck? We started with a food truck in 2017, okay, and then we were in a kind of weird situation where we were sharing a space in Brunswick with uh, Serendipity Market and another woman from Brunswick who was selling ice cream, and uh, Serendipity closed up shop, so we took over and started serving burgers, and we're sharing space uh, with the ice cream parlor, and then during COVID, uh, we wound up taking over the ice cream as well. So we have the the full service restaurant in Brunswick, and then about at the same time, right at the beginning of twenty twenty one, we opened a place in Frederick. Although sadly, that is no longer with us. So what happened there? If you read the Frederick News Post, you would know. I will be honest; I did not read that article. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't talking to you. You would know. I, I know, I mean, like, but I did not read the article. Um, I really just got a little stretched too thin. Um, you know, the restaurant, as everyone knows with inflation and labor right now, it is tough to be in the restaurant business. I made some fundamental mistakes in terms of growing too quickly. Um, you know, not really having my finances in order and, you know, a lot of people think like, Oh, it must not have been busy enough. And I think really the problem was not the top line of, you know, actually people walking in the door. It was, you know, how we were managing, the business, I should say we, but how I was managing the business and, you know, ultimately we could have kept going and then, you know, maybe we would have made it, maybe the wheels would have fallen off. Um, but by closing, you know, I think what I, I said in our social media post closing, it was sort of an orderly retreat. We were able to get all the bills paid. Uh, we were able to pay some severance to the staff that got laid off. Um, give everybody a little bit of notice. Yeah, a and, bunch and, of them were able to just transition right over to expressions. Yeah, ultimately, I just think it was a much better strategic decision. You know, where nobody really got burnt, and you know, we'll we'll keep the door open to see what happens next. Do you think the location played into it? That seems like it's not a. It's like not bad, but it's not a it, thought of play egg. The area to biggest to. drawback, I think, in terms of location was we had virtually no dine-in. People, we, we didn't take out. Yeah, it was pretty small. We did, a, we did a big uh, takeout business. We did a big business with, you know, the third-party apps, uh, you know, DoorDash, Uber, whatever. Um, but 
you know, it was not the most inviting location to come sit down and have dinner with your family. To throw this in the mix, and and sorry if I step in, but it's kind of tough out there for everybody right now. And for anyone to think it's not, it's, it's unrealistic. Um, you know, the fair majority of businesses now are heavily relying on retail um, exchange of cash. Um, that's just really what the bread and butter is these days. Um, it During COVID, you know, people were showing support. Um, people were actively going out and spending money because they had nothing else to do. Um, now with the economy, the way it is inflation, the way it is, even the housing market and how much things just generally cost, everyone's being a little bit more tight with their dollar. And honestly speaking, you know, sometimes you have to look at that and make adjustments to your business, which is one of the reasons we're opening a kitchen as well. Um, because, you know, we have to have a, an additional income stream. Um, and honestly speaking, you know, it's very hard to look at things in retrospect and because you have those eyes of, you know, well, I could have done things a little differently. But when you're living in the moment, a lot of times you don't have those kind of choices. So, Brett, why did you start with a food truck? Like, what made you go the food truck route instead of a restaurant? So, a couple of reasons. Um, so, go back to going back to 2017. I had a different, even though I've been in cooking my whole life and been in the food business my whole life, uh, I was doing something else for a little while. I had a business that I sold and uh, I was pretty friendly with Dave Blackman, the owner of Smoketown, uh, when he had just opened up in Brunswick. And he was talking about the difficulties of getting food trucks out, the quality of the operators. And basically, you know, this was sort of right when Attaboy was getting ready to open, you know, sort of craft beer was sort of just picking up steam in Frederick County. And so after I sold my business, I was looking what to do next. I didn't really want to go back to the restaurant business uh, because of the hours. Uh, you know, I've, I had one little kid at the time. I have two now. So for a lot less money than opening a restaurant, and, uh, you know, what I thought would be a lot less hours than going back to work in a restaurant, uh, you know, I was able to open the food truck. And at the time, there was not a lot of competition. There, there weren't many other trucks. And, you know, frankly, most of the trucks that were operating were mediocre. And I'm not just talking about the food. I'm talking about are they going to show up? Are there they are a lot. I, like I'm trying I was trying to run through my head and think like ones that have been around for a long time. And a lot of those late 2010 ones don't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, there was maybe half a dozen trucks that were, you know, actively operating in Frederick County at the time, you know, maybe a handful more than that, but not too many. And, uh, you know, I think now there's almost a hundred licenses in Frederick County, not to say that all of those are trucks that are, you know, operating every weekend. Some of them are, you know, coming in from Montgomery County occasionally, but you know, the, the, the number has grown pretty drastically. Yeah. While the quality has not, Boom. in my opinion, shots fired in my yeah. opinion. I mean, there's a uh, there's a reason idiom would only work with a number of trucks in the community. Yeah, um, I was going to say there's. I mean, there's quite a few that are really good. Yeah, I agree. Well, you um, know, when I started, I thought, um, the name of the business was going to be show up on time. The food just needs to be adequate. Provide good service, you know, to the breweries. Uh, I honestly didn't expect the momentum that we would get 
and how much people would like boxcar, you know, the food and the brand and, you know, the idea that we were doing a lot of local sourcing. Yeah. I thought the idea was just like, Hey, the breweries, they, they need the people to get fed and we'll be there and I can run a professional business. I can show up on time. You know, I can, I can give good service. Um, but I was really a little bit taken back by how popular we got quickly where people really liked the food and they liked what we were about. Um, so when I first started, a lot of people putting beets on burgers. When we first started, I didn't really ever have a brick and mortar in mind because I didn't think there was going to be anything like special about us. But I, yeah. I kind of feel like we found our groove pretty quickly. I think that also goes to um, to the point of how much effort you put into it and how much you actually care about um, what you're putting out in food. Um, and that's for any really good restaurant. Um, anyone can open up a spot and just sling burgers. It's making it consistent, making it um, – something that people want and making it unique enough that people want to keep coming back. So why did you add beet to your <laughs> burgers? I mean, and I don't say it in a negative way. Like I, I would never thought of putting beets on a hamburger, but it's absolutely delicious. I wish that I could take credit for thinking this up, but <laughs> I went, uh, after I graduated college, uh, originally I was planning on going down to Sydney for the, 2000 Olympics uh, wound up the timing didn't work out quite right but so I went down there uh, in 2001 and I worked for for a while uh, doing pastry of all things which is funny because I'm a terrible baker but uh, in Australia it's just like sort of a run-of-the-mill topping you know a standard yeah. standard topping and I really you know liked it down there so brought it back with me so that mean you're bad at following directions terrible okay so I didn't say it, like <laughs> ba- baking's easy like you just follow <laughs> you know it's one of these things it's, it's so cliche for cooks to be like oh i'm not a good baker and but it's true that the personality type and skill set there are a lot of people that are really really good cooks that just cannot follow a recipe because you're too busy with a, just a let's just add a dash of this or a <laughs> yeah and there's definitely guys you know that are pastry chefs that have the knowledge and the experience where they can play with things and understand how it's going to come out whereas you know if i try and tweak something you know it, it's going to be a disaster <laughs> Because you, you know you, you need that like basic understanding of the chemistry in in baking that you don't really need necessarily in food. That makes sense. So, what is your favorite thing on the expressions menu, Brett? Well, so originally, um, you know, I was trying to push Mike into the. I was like, "Hey, man, if you want to do pizzas, let's let's be a pizza shop. Let's do kind of." Italian sandwiches, sort of more traditional pizzas. And then, you know, I think the fact that me and Mike, neither one of us come from a real deep, like, Italian pizza heritage, we kind of started playing around with stuff that's maybe a little bit less traditional. Uh, we have an elote pizza, which is, you know, sort of a take on street corn, Mexican street corn. Uh, and it's amazing. It's fantastic. And it's one of these things where it's like I would never – if it were just me doing the menu by myself, I would never put that on the menu because it just seems too out there. But then it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't have to stick to any tradition because, you know, it's just we're, we're allowed to have fun with it. We yeah. can do what we want, which I think is the cool thing about this kitchen in general is that we don't have a lot of parameters. We don't have a lot of expectations in terms of being a real traditional Italian pizza place. But at any rate, the, the corn pizza is fantastic and – uh the, the curry chicken salad that we were talking about yesterday, that's that's a standby for me. You know, you know what are absolutely amazing? Blue Diamond has little tins of almonds that are street corn flavored. They're phenomenal. 
Oh, I've, I've not seen those, and my my kids love those. Things. They're so good. <clears throat> they have the it's the bold series. They have a yeah. They have like a honey sriracha one. Yeah, they have that one's a, good. Um, There's a spicy Carolina dill, Reaper. spicy dill pickle one that's good. But the elote one is amazing. Hmm. I, I like have, the wasabi ones. The wasabi I'll, ones I'll are bring awesome. I'll bring some of the brewery because I bought like eight cans of them. Um, I used to uh, I used to work for Hilton in Boston, and there was a little dive bar called Bukowski's, which is like pretty famous in Boston. But it's like right behind the hotel I worked in, and they have almost an identical curry chicken salad like that. And you know, it was twenty years ago, and I still think about that sandwich. <laughs> so, so that's why it's on the menu. That's why it's we, on the menu. We literally uh, the chicken salad idea even was a very last minute um, audible um, as we were you know playing around with recipes. We did three different um, chicken salads side by side, one um, plain Jane, one with fruit, and then one where Brett was like, let's try it with some curry. And we tried it with curry, and then I was like, oh, go ahead and add the fruit and see what it does, and it worked. Um, honestly speaking, of all the things I've tasted um, out of the kitchen, uh, the most recently, um, out of the kitchen most recently, that is probably one of my favorites, um, and that was something that we weren't – at in, originally intending to do. Um, but my favorite piece is my pizza, which is, uh, you know, a, uh, cupping pepperoni, um, jalapeno medallions and sriracha honey pizza. It is good. I agree. Oh, I thought you were going to disagree. Although I'm, I am usually, I am usually, uh, a not meat on pizza guy. Also the, uh, Chipotle chicken bacon ranch is really good too. Um, that came out very, I, and it, it the general feedback on it has been uh, amazing. Um, and then we have another pizza called the Wolfgang, which is barbecue pork, um, red and green peppers, red onions, um, green onions, and barbecue sauce drizzle. But it's on a white base, so no red sauce. It's a load to uh, Wolfgang Puck there. Yeah. The inventor of the barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> It's it's things like those that like, I don't know how you can pinpoint an inventor of something like it. Yeah, I was looking at the um, the origination of the Italian hoagie, and uh, Jesus, there's a uh, there's about thirty different uh, you know uh, theories about where it started, um, and uh, you know one of them is in Philadelphia at a place called Hog Island, um, and then you know they thought it was called ho- uh, hoagies or no, sorry, hoggies. Like hog, hoagies. So, you know, Philadelphia accent turned it into hoagie um, instead of hoggies. So, um, but that's kind of, you know, not part of this question. Yeah, it definitely was not. <laughs> uh, is there anything. Do you guys say grinders here? No. No, that's a uh, Northeast thing. That's like uh, New England. What is the real name for a hoagie, though? That's a, a submarine sandwich. That's it, yeah. Because hoagie is that just an all Pennsylvania thing? Because I thought that was it's more a like Philly a Pittsburgh. Thing. No, it, they're definitely called hoagies in Pittsburgh. Also. Well, yeah, but it started the uh, um, the term started in Philly. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you know where the term old fashioned came from? Some the pen 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 something club in Kentucky. I learned that yesterday. Interesting. Have you found the be- the off topic? Have you found the best old fashioned yet? There are, and I can't disclose that because this is <laughs> coming out before out? February first, oh. first day 
out of dry January. So go celebrate the end of dry, dry January with an idiom beer and then uh, an old fashioned. It's a good plan. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones in Frederick, so you don't really need to. Can I say my personal favorite? Sure. It's definitely Hooch and Banner. Um, there's a lot of good ones in Frederick. Does Boxcar have anything exciting coming up, or are you going to just keep just serving delicious hamburgers which also if you're not eating bread or carbs taste amazing just on a little bed of lettuce don't you do that as an option yeah we do yeah. we do we do the lettuce wrap and uh you told me you didn't do a lettuce wrap and i how had could to we get not it do a as, lettuce wrap i don't know i asked you and you said well we don't really do that but you can ask them for uh, you made it sound like I was asking for some super oh, I special apologize. request. That was not my intent. We, we do a lot of lettuce wraps. <laughs> so I like sheepishly went up to the truck. They are and, very accommodating. <laughs> they are great. And they're much friendlier than I am. <laughs> uh, what's new coming up? Uh, we bought a stove and an oven in the restaurant in Brunswick. Uh, and, you know, hopefully I'll be in the kitchen in Brunswick a lot more coming up. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more variety, uh, a little bit more from scratch cooking. Um, you know, for the first couple of years... I was so focused on how do we grow? How do we grow? What's next? And, you know, now I see the pitfalls of that. And, you know, so I'm just trying to embrace a little bit. Like I said before, you know, small town, independent restaurant. Let's have some fun with it. Let's get a little weird with it. And, you know. Didn't you recently do uh, some kind of chip, chicken-based sandwich? or We did a chicken cacciatore sandwich, which I thought tasted real good, was not the best seller. <laughs> uh, we did a little smash burger pop-up last week. Um, we did a whole special menu, you know, four or five different burgers, all smash burgers, which is kind of the the buzz these days. It's not our typical style, but we opened on a Monday when we're not normally open. It was just me and the food truck crew who wanted to try it out and uh, went over really well. It was really, uh, you know, for a... Was that at the food truck too? No, was that, that, was, just that in was in Brunswick. Okay. And we, yeah, I mean, we... we Sold, you know, I think a hundred burgers, but you know, for a Monday night in January yeah. in Brunswick, we, we were pretty happy with. And, and that was, was, there was crappy. What? That was a, yeah, it was a bad was a day. Crappy day. So, you know, I would like to maybe do some more pop-ups like that. You know, the, the, I, it's funny. I text John from 5050 and I was like, I know you're not going to care. Just want to acknowledge we're doing a smash burger pop-up. <laughs> he was very excited, but he didn't get a chance to make it out. Um, so yeah, I'd like to do some more pop-ups like that. We did a couple of years ago, um, a taco pop-up on a day that we were closed I grew up in Chicago mostly, which a lot of people don't know, has a lot, lot of Mexican food, uh, which is sort of what I grew up eating in the kitchen. There's just – Chicago has some of the most amazing food of any city in oh, the world. Oh, absolutely. But so I'd love, I'd love to do that as a more regular thing. Like even the fast food that's Chicago-specific is amazing. Portillo's, so good. We – yeah. Um, we tried doing – when the bear was on, we did a, a kind of knockoff Italian beef sandwich um, – but I just don't think people here get it. Will um, so you will you be expanding in Brunswick beyond burgers and fries and what you've previously been doing? With I don't the, think so. I think it's more more like I said, more about doing some specials, doing okay. some pop ups, things like so that. So not like a consistent. No, we're not. We're not. You know, we're not dramatically expanding the menu or anything okay. like that. So more just the special event. We do that. have a full service um, ice cream counter out there, so. Years. What kind of ice cream is it? We use Hershey's. That's good ice cream. 
We we've had a couple over the years uh, that that one seems to stick. People people recognize it. They like it. Yeah. Uh, but I like to do some more. You know, some more dessert specials. Some, uh, one of the women on my staff there really likes baking, so you know, maybe we'll do some ice cream sandwiches. That's what Frederick ice cream or fudge and ice cream or whatever yes. the name they use Hershey's right yeah he he actually referred me over to them okay my kids love their ice cream maybe I'll bring them the Brunswick that's the one on the corner of Chabre, right yeah, yeah it's the, the bear yeah the coffee company owner same owner oh I didn't know that yeah Mr. Mike Winder okay um, do you want to answer some intentionally stupid questions? We'll only do a few because I know you need to, you have to be somewhere, don't you, Brett? Well, we have to actually be at the kitchen, do some more training with staff. Or I'd, love answer, I do. I'd love to answer some stupid questions. Who, who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? That is a dumb question. No, it's not. It's a very important one. It's going to tell you, tell me a lot about you. I've answered this one before. Uh, ninja. That's wrong, but thank you for playing. Does uh, pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely. Nope, that's also wrong. That's that's a big negative. Is Nickelback a good band? Uh, I don't know enough Nickelback songs, despite being you know a, a '90s. I was going to say, like you're I, solidly in the generation. I, that I, I don't. I don't know enough Nickelback songs to comment. What does huh. the Dan that jams say? I mean, that question is purely based on making fun of him. For <laughs> If you were a wrestler, what would your walkout music be? Jesus. I don't know. I'm sorry. Do you not like music? I mean, like, just pick a song you like. Material Girl? Done. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, I think that someone sang that at a karaoke. The other Wouldn't night. it be something Mob Deep? What? Yeah. What? What kind of music did you listen to or do you listen to? Well, What's I, your genre? I, I grew up with punk rock. Okay. Um, on the truck, we listened to a lot of hip hop. Although about a year and a half ago, we hired uh, our, our new manager is Peruvian, so there's a lot of reggaeton. He listens to actually a lot of South American hip hop, which is new to me, which is awesome. Um, but you know, I'm kind of an old man, so it's, you know, he tells me what it is and I forget, (laughs) but I love the vibe now on the truck that, you know, I got the sort of Latin beats going. I'm going to go see Green Day in DC. I had the first time I saw Green Day, I had to ride my bike to get tickets because I couldn't drive yet. (laughs) Uh, we'll do one or two more. What's your go-to gas station snack? I'm a hard pretzel guy. <laughs> Deviled eggs. The low. What is it? Both of you. Or if I'm driving, if I'm driving. It's deviled eggs? What is wrong or with hard boy, from a one. From a gas station? AC&T deviled eggs are the best deviled eggs. I don't I think I've ever Washington had a deviled egg. So. Would you buy an egg product from a? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> this is guilty <laughs> pleasures, isn't it? Like, <laughs> hey. Either hard, either hard boiled or deviled eggs. My road trip snack is definitely a Red Bull and a pack of M and M's. What kind of M and M's? Just plain. You know what really sucks? When I gave up sweets, right before that, M and M's came out with those caramel cold brew ones that were like a special. No, don't make that face. <laughs> they are amazing. And then I was like, I tried one and I wanted more so bad, but they were only a limited edition that. 
as soon as I decided like, all right, I'm done eating junk food. Uh, I saw them everywhere and they're just constantly taunting I do like me. the dark chocolate ones, but they are uh, hard to come by. M&M's? Yeah. Oh, definitely peanut butter. Deviled eggs, man. Hey, man. You like what you like. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think I would trust a gas station devil. That's like getting gas station sushi. Well, I mean, also I'm talking about, I, I don't know if, if you know what ac and is. I have no it's idea. It's like a Wawa, it. but... You know, a much That's smaller very Boonesboro. Yeah, it's a very Boonesboro, okay. Washington County thing. Is it a? And you can also rent porta potties from them. Yeah, pro- actually, propane tanks too. Yeah, they're full service. That is a that's a weird combination of. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have Crumpy's Donuts, which is although Those they're fried and lard, so people, not not usually. People do love Crumpy's. What is the largest animal you could defeat in hand to hand combat? A deer. Like a doe or a buck? Not or the one fawn. with not the one with the big thing. Uh, that would be a buck. A, <laughs> <laughs> doe, <laughs> doe, a deer, a female deer. Yeah, there's nothing Never in the was. song about its antlers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh man. All right, we'll do one more. Uh, I feel like this is just showing off my absolute lack of imagination. I'm really I'm enjoying I'm guessing it's not this. a honey badger, then. All right, go ahead. If you were a NASCAR driver, who would your three sponsors be? Yeah, see, I just, this, this imagination portion of my brain just has never worked right. <laughs> I mean, Red Bull would be one, right? Red Bull, absolutely. Maybe uh, Old English, malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's round it out with M&M's. <laughs> we it, need to have Eddie. Isn't Trump. M&M's a Mars company? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So it would be Morris Company. There is. I'm, I think I'm only saying that because there is an Eminem NASCAR. Isn't there, there isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny though. I will. Uh, who's your favorite Disney princess? Oh Jesus! Sorry. I feel like that's the third time I've said that. Um, favorite Disney prison princess. I having kid two daughters that are firmly in the Disney demographics. So I knew you should have an answer to this one. I think they all annoy me equally. <laughs> I, 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 I wish, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just not a Disney guy. All right. You heard it here first, everyone. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, everyone should go to Idiom, drink some Absolutely. beer, eat some pizza. Check out expressions. I hear the food truck out front's pretty good. Every, every, Do you uh, want to talk about that a little bit? How, you know, you're going to be set up on uh, Fridays and Saturdays and uh, at least until the end of March at uh, Idiom? Come on a Friday or Saturday and get some boxer burger. Yeah, and in all ser- in, in all seriousness, we also uh, have our online ordering turned on. So even if you are not coming to the brewery, although you should come to the brewery, uh, you can still order for takeout or delivery. Uh, you know, now that we don't have the restaurant on East Street anymore, you can still get your boxcar fix. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. You both have stuff to go get to. Thank you for uh, having us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. 
A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.